Today's episode of the Ringer NFL Show is brought to you by SeatGeek. That is the presenting sponsor of the Bill Simmons podcast since 1948. We are taping this on a Wednesday afternoon, and there are still some great deals on SeatGeek for all sports, for music, for concerts, for opera. My mom gets opera tickets on SeatGeek, I swear to God. Brags about how she saves $100. SeatGeek can help you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed with the revolutionary grading system and a team of ticket concierge experts that are phone call away with free advice. Download the SeatGeek app today or check them out on SeatGeek.com. We are also brought to you by the Ringer NBA show. Oh yeah, there's a Ringer NFL show and a Ringer NBA show. Uh, the Ringer NBA show this week, we're just banging out the trade deadline and all that stuff. And uh, I was actually on the Ringer NBA show this week talking about the Boogie Cousins trade because it was a massive trade. Very surprising. And it turns out the Kings are bad at making basketball trades. But we covered that. We covered some of the reasons why they did the things they did. And uh, and you can hear that on the Ringer NBA show. And obviously, we were brought to you by TheRinger.com as well. That's where you can read my column. Every Friday, give or take a couple Fridays, but just about every Friday, you can read my column on TheRinger.com and some other stuff too. And we've had great stuff this week with the trade deadline. Anyway, we we taped, uh, we wanted to tape something with Mike Lombardi because even though it's NBA trade deadline right now, there's a lot of sneaky football storylines coming up. So here's Mike right now. Right now, from The Ringer, one of our many NFL experts, and certainly the one that has uh, my favorite pop culture references, Mr. Mike Lombardi. How are you? I'm great, Bill. Thank you. How are you? (laughs) We have, uh, there's a column coming up for The Ringer that you wrote that has the best pop culture reference you ever pulled, and I'm not going to spoil it for the audience, but it's coming. Be prepared. Be on the edge of your seats for it. Uh, (laughs) Want to do a quick run through, just because even though everybody is obsessed with the NBA trade deadline right now, and rightly so, I include myself. Me too, by the way. Yes, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Yeah, Philly, Philly's going to sit this one out until Brian Colangelo comes out of his coma. So good luck to him. <laughs> good luck with the recovery. But um, this is a really kind of sneaky, cool time right now for football because there's some storylines. They're under the radar. Everybody's focused on basketball and college basketball. And yet there's a couple of big names that I feel like the dominoes are going to start to fall. So let's go through them uh, one by one. Adrian Peterson, what happens? You know, he's got a roster bonus due on March the 11th for $6 million. Does anybody think he's the Vikings are going to pay that? No. No I mean, way. Adrian Peterson's played 20 games the last three seasons. He averaged under two yards a carry last year. I know he's been hurt. But for me, he's going to have to feel the market because this is the hardest thing to do as a sports executive is tell a once great player you're not great anymore yeah. and you've got to go earn your salary. So I think this divorce is going to end kind of ugly for Adrian Peterson unless the Vikings roll over and play dead and give him the money, which will never happen. Oh God! I think he's going to be a free agent, and then I think he's going to go down that Emmett Smith row where you're going to see him in another uniform, and it's just not going to look right. And he's not going to play to the same level. And I know he's in, I know he has done some remarkable things in terms of recovery from injury, but Mother Nature usually wins, except if you're named Tom Brady. 
So let's go through this, the running back scale of when they change teams uh, from a depressing standpoint. The depressing second team running back scale. Emmett on the Cardinals still hurts, and I'm not even a Cowboys fan. It still hurts my feelings that it happened. Tomlinson on the Jets actually had a couple moments. Like that, that wasn't a bad signing. Where would you put Peterson between Tomlinson and Emmett? I think he's going to be better than Emmett because there's a little gas in the tank. The problem with with Peterson is is he if he was more effective in the passing game, yeah. In his career, you could really it could really be dynamic. You could almost use him. I mean, could you imagine this big guy coming out of the backfield and catching passes and making people miss? But that's not been his forte in his career. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit better than than Emmett. I think Ladanian did exactly what most older veterans do: is they play well early in the season, and all of a sudden they fade down the line. Yeah. And and like boxers that can avoid punches, they seem to last longer, whereas the ones that stand there and take the blows, like Peterson, there's usually not much gas left in the tank. And it would seem that if you have the pass-catching ability, that is able to extend it a little bit, too. He can play a little third down, stuff like that. And he's not really that kind of a running back, you know? I, I, no. I, I don't know where he goes, and I don't know. I, I, I also... This is funny, but I I think fans are smarter now too. I think it's I think it's harder to sell a splashy move like, hey, we got Adrian Peterson to fans because fans are so educated now and following sports is a twenty four seven thing and you have all these message boards and blogs and the internet and people would just be like, Wait a second, would what? We just signed the what? Right. nineteen million for Adrian what why? Why do we do this? I mean, the people that played them in fantasy for the last three years would want a refund anyway. Can you imagine? They're not going to attend a press conference and say, oh, wow, we just signed them. This is great. And I think the Vikings, this is a hard thing to do for the Vikings. This is what, you know, perhaps they should have done it a year earlier, coming off his, thousand, you know, his better season in 2015. But you know, this is usually running backs. That's why, you know, everybody's saying, oh, look at Ezekiel Elliott. He's playing so well. That's why running backs typically don't get drafted that high. Now, we're going to see a change of that in this draft. But typically, because the life shelf of these backs aren't isn't long enough. And with all of that said, would you be shocked if Jerry Jones gave him a two-year deal for twelve million dollars? Uh, yeah, I would be because okay. I think Jerry. I think somebody's keeping Jerry from going in the kitchen to cook late at night. Like Jerry's not going to make the peanut butter and jelly sandwich at two in the morning anymore. I think they've ter- they, they've get medicated him to where he can't do that. So the Vikings release Peterson. And a minute later, Jerry's son, Stephen, handcuffs Jerry Jones to the refrigerator, and he's not allowed to leave. It's almost like a horror. It's like Saw. He's just in the basement until Adrian Peterson signs. And then the next thing we'll see is an article that Peterson always wanted to be a cowboy since his time at Oklahoma. So then, you know, that, that'll be the sales pitch that follows through and try to generate some interest. And he, Where is he going to go visit? I mean, this isn't Peyton Manning leaving the Colts haven't overcome the injury. I mean, this is going to be one of those where be dangerous. Well, and also I think the running back position as you know, we have more and more seasons banked where you can just find any running back and throw them in and grab undrafted free agents and six round picks. And there's a surplus. It reminds me of what the point guard position is like now in, in the NBA, where I don't understand why you would ever overpay a half decent, mediocre, or below average point guard. When you, there's always Yogi Ferrell is waiting to yeah. come up. You know, the cool. Celtic, the Celtics have this guy Demetrius Jackson, second rounder from Notre Dame, who's probably never going to play in the Celtics, and at some point is going to be good on another team. They really like him. That's, 
They don't have a spot That's for him. I get confused. Like, I watched him play last year, and I thought, why isn't he an NBA player? He is. And then Yogi, I, I mean, I love Indiana basketball. I watch every Indiana game, and I, I can't understand how Yogi wasn't – and I just felt like, you know, you just don't know the league. But then he goes to Dallas, and all of a sudden they're guaranteeing his contract. It, it's like, you're right, but, like, look, does, would it surprise us if New Orleans Saints went and gave – uh, Adrian Peterson, $6 million a year because they can't stop anybody on defense to convince themselves that they get a big-time running back. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Uh, all right, Romo. What's I, the leaders? Give me the, the give me the leaderboard right now. I would say, you know, I, I think there's going to be some sneaky teams in the Romo thing. I think there's going to be a lot of back-channeling. I, I, I'm thinking Houston still is in play. Someone I respect in the league told me, don't think that's going to happen. I think Kansas City's a sneaky team. You know, Alex Smith is 32 years old. Alex Smith is 32 years old. You know, do they do something with them? It's a good year. They could do something with his contract. Would somebody take him? Would the Jets take him in a trade? Maybe they could. I don't know. I think I think there's some teams that are sneaky around Romo that might not pretend they're interested that really might be really interested. What's but a good... I think Houston and Kansas City, to me, should be the teams that have the most interest because if they had Romo on their team, they could really become different teams. What is the perfect Alex Smith team, just out of curiosity? I think he's at the perfect Alex Smith team. Kansas okay. City, Andy Reid's managed him. He's, done every, he's run the Alex Smith offense at Utah. I mean, he's done everything for him, and he can't win a playoff game with him. Is there an owner out there that is enamored with 15 play drives for 70 yards that land, that end up in a field goal? Is that owner out there? No. Okay. I, you know, look, I, I think Alex Smith has done a great job of, of taking some of the heat off his career, but he's really a dressed-up Andy Dalton. Yeah, oh, I don't know who that's more insulting to. Have to think about it. I'm gonna mull, mull it over a little bit more. I mean, that's really your dream scenario, right? Is is like a three teamer where Romo goes to KC, Alex Smith goes to Cincinnati, and Andy Dalton goes to like San Francisco, right? And then or, you just cross or three Andy teams Dalton off. Goes to the Jets, and the Jets think they've got things turned around, you know? Because look, remember when you're the Jets and you've watched four really bad quarterbacks, everybody looks good to you. Yeah, I got to be honest. You know, Romo got an incredible amount of media attention during the season, during the preseason and the actual season. Way more than he should have gotten for somebody who, as soon as Dak Prescott reached Week Nine, Romo is not playing. I, I actually don't think he's getting enough attention now. We we just yeah. watched his playoffs where it's like if you don't have an elite quarterback, you're you're not winning the Super Bowl. You're not. You, there's a certain level you're not going to be able to get to. And I think Romo is as good as Ben Roethlisberger if he could stay in the field. You know, right. and that's the the problem with Romo is the same problem with the discussion we have with with Peterson. I mean, he he's sitting there; he's played twenty games in the last three seasons. He looked so, great. You know, they, the, he looked great though in that one week seventeen drive, that touchdown drive. I thought he was really yeah. that meaningless and, and, game. And he looked, looked good, good at practice. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. Now the problem is going to be: can he withstand a hit? Can he handle it? But I, I think I would take a I would take a chance on Romo. Knowing that he's tried to get himself in shape and he's done a better job than I would on Peterson, thinking that I'm going to get the same guy. I think Romo has a year left in him. I'm not sure Peterson does. I would. I think I agree with you, Bill. I think when you look at the league and and you see the quarterbacks in the playoff games, I mean, you put you put Romo on that field with, with Houston, and they're, that's a better game against the Patriots. That's going oh, to yeah. go down to the wire. I actually think we potentially could have lost that game with how bad the Pats played. In the first half, oh, if Houston yeah. had a real quarterback, 
Oh, my God, there was throws. If you go back and really study that tape, yeah. there's throws that Romo would have made in there that were guys open. I mean, he would have brought life to a bunch of other players on the Houston's team. Yeah. And I, I just think to me, and that's why I say it's sneaky, because there's teams that see this. It's, it's like it's easy to say you're not interested in Romo because you have a guy, but you deep down you know you are. Like Denver was interested in Elway. Okay, they, they had an opening. But there was probably other teams making calls. Remember, this was the time when San Francisco had Alex Smith and Jim Harbaugh was rumored to be interested. Remember, he flew out to see Peyton and spent time yeah. with them and all that. You know, and they were coming off a time where they didn't they pretended they didn't need a quarterback. That's what I'm thinking could happen with Romo. I think that uh, he has one really good year left in him. And I'll tell you, if I was Romo, I would be flying to Brookline, Massachusetts and spending 24 hours with Tom Brady and finding out everything he's doing. And yeah, just I, be like, what should, so you're telling me just plyometrics, I should go to bed at 830 at night, tell me your diet, I'll do, like just emulate every single thing he's doing because as these guys get older, it's the recovery time becomes harder and harder. And here's Brady going, yeah, I just played the Super Bowl, I got hit 28 times, I felt great on Monday. I would want to be emulating that guy. Right, and, and, and Romo's actually finally, for the first time in his career, has gotten serious about conditioning. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, maybe he could play two more years. You know, Romo doesn't want to go out playing five games in the last two seasons. I don't think that's the way he sees his career. And I think he could certainly come back and play one year and really give a team a spark. I mean, look, you put a good quarterback on most of the, some of these teams. You know, even you put a good quarterback on Jacksonville's team. What do you think would happen there? Wow. I mean, what a world that would be. Yeah. You might as well just have asked me what it would be like with, with uh, a different president. I, my head's spinning. I can't even think of it. Are we sure J.J. I mean, Watts but, on the Texans this season? Uh, well, I think J.J. Watts, another guy that's going to have to come over, overcome some injuries, get his body back. There's a lot of things that J.J. Watt has to do, but they were playing good defense without J.J. Watt. Whitney played really well. Yeah. Uh, you know, Clowney played really well. This is a really this is a team that if they could fix their offensive line and fix their quarterback, they got a chance to do some things. Now, they need to sign the cornerback, but they're they're good on defense. They have continuity on defense. I think they're a good team that just is one quarterback away from really taking them to the other level, or else they're going to be 8-8 eight and eight again no matter if they play the, the heist because they'll have good weeks and bad weeks. When you're one quarterback away, you're not in the conversation. Yeah. You just, you're just That's not. Right. I mean, they, we can just make the list. Like, here are the teams that can win the Super Bowl this year, and, and all of them are going to have a good quarterback. I wonder, you know, looking at Pittsburgh and the way Roethlisberger played the last couple months, if he's on that list anymore. I didn't like the way he yeah. played in November and December, and I didn't think he was good in the playoffs. I didn't think he, and he had and a great game against the Pats. He didn't play well on the road all year. He didn't play well on the road all year. And it's kind of like that's the hardest thing to see in an NFL player is the decline of the player. It's Because you don't want to really see it. You want to, you, you're kind of conditioned to think he's going to play the same way. Yeah. But when you break Ben down, like I kept waiting for him to turn it around offensively, and it never really got. Now, how much more? Now, they say, well, the skill players around him. He had some really talented skill players around him, even though he didn't have a lot of guys that were hurt. I mean, there were some good – I mean, he got Bell in the backfield. Yeah. Angelo Williams played well for him. I don't know. I think Ben's taken a lot of punches. I don't know how much he's got left in terms of taking those punches. I'll go further. He had the best running back in the league, and he had the best wide receiver in the league. Like Those yeah. are facts. Usually, yeah, usually that's a recipe to, to – uh, for success, and it just wasn't the same Ben Roethlisberger year that you're, you know, I mean, look, they, they had no letdown. On the road, I mean, you just think about it. They just didn't play well on the road, and he gets hurt again. 
Yeah. You know, he's missed games the last two seasons. I mean, this year he had his lowest yards per attempt in the last two years. I mean, he was 8-1, and then this year he's 7-5. I mean, he's gone way – you know, that's significant, especially when you have guys that you, you believe can play – you know, can make plays down the field. Kaepernick, is he starting for a team this season? There, you know, this is the biggest joke to me in the league right now is Kaepernick wants a meeting with the 49ers. Kaepernick, what's going to happen with Kaepernick? I'll tell you what's going to happen with Kaepernick. He's going to be begging for a job in another couple weeks. Who's yeah. going to sign Kaepernick? Who's paying Kaepernick anywhere near $4 million a year? Like, I... What tape should I go watch to watch Colin <laughs> Kaepernick play that tells me, oh, my God, he's really good? I mean, at least RG three. There was a, there was a, you know, he ran around. I, I didn't get that move either, but there was a moment. Yeah. Kaepernick's moment was with Harbaugh, and you know his accuracy is horrendous. And you know because he didn't stand for the national anthem. I mean, that became the story. When the story is, he forget all that stuff. The player isn't playing very well. It's. Is there a way that he could play Dom Capers' defenses every week for 16 weeks? I think that's the only way he's a starting quarterback at this it, point. It's curly in the boat. If he could find that, it's perfect for him. But even when he has those opportunities, I mean, poor Chip Kelly, one year, he's out of football. He bought into it. I know this for a fact. I mean, there's people in the 49er organization that thought Christian Ponder was the best quarterback on their team. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. You've, you've studied this draft, and you're checking it out, and you're doing all your due diligence on it. Is there a quarterback in this draft that could be the Dak Prescott, I can't believe this guy's starting and playing well guy in 2017? Doesn't seem like it, right? No, it doesn't. You know, and, and I think that, you know, the thing that bothers and worries me about this draft is two coaches who I respect, Dab, Stabo Sweeney, and Nick Saban. Now, Nick Saban has said on the record that Deshaun Watson's one of the best players he's ever played against in his career. Yeah. And. I think when we evaluate Deshaun Watson, his accuracy is not what it needs to be. It's a little Cam Newtonish, but if there's a way to got to make a play, he's the one guy that has a lot of skill and he's won, and he hasn't won with uh, precision. He's won with his ability to make plays. Could he be Cam Newton or is he less? I know everybody says he's not going to go in the first round or maybe he's going to go in the middle of the first, but there's something about this kid he wins. He, he's played a lot of football, and I think he's going to be the intriguing guy in this draft. Who would you compare him to? Cam. I think he's like Cam. Yeah, but Cam was, Cam, Cam was the first pick in the draft. It would have to be somebody that was you know, more of a well, sleeper I, who I, got downgraded for I some reason. I think when you talk about – I think Dak Prescott got downgraded because of some things. You know, that He had a DUI in the spring last year, but and I, he's higher profile than Dak would be. But to me, it's it's a little bit like – this guy's got too much skill, and I look, I want quarterbacks who can throw the ball through the keyhole. I don't want quarterbacks who are just going to be able to get it through the door. Yeah. But he can do some things that are unique in terms of his foot. Like, just hypothetically put him in a Kyle Shanahan style of offense, and I think the kid could make some plays. So you're thinking Kyle Shanahan, he's got the second pick and the 33rd or 34th pick. 34th, yeah. I I'm think. I'm thinking maybe he could be there. If he if they thought he had the intangibles to go with it, it's which RG3 was really never good on those that stuff, that I think they think maybe they think they could make him a player. I mean, we're reading now where Tyrod Taylor and his time in Buffalo isn't coming to an end. Well, yeah, you know why? Buffalo's looked at the market and said, you know what? Taylor's not perfect, but he's better than a lot of these guys we're talking about replacing him with. Plus, the offense we're going to run is more suited for Taylor than when we ran last year. Yeah, I I think Taylor. I would. I think he's worth another year. I was always kind of afraid of him with the Pats, and 
you know, he had bad luck because Sammy Watkins could never stay on the field. He had a different coach almost every year he was there. You know, he had, I don't know, he's cold weather. The, 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 you could make a case for me with Tyrod. I, I'm not against him. Tate, do you I like Watson? You better on the, Tate, I think, I Tate think likes Watson. Watson, Lombardi. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that like Watson. I think Watson's the kind of guy that the more you watch, he grows on you. And it, instead, it's what that, you know, it's the four P's of scouting. You know, you have four kind of scouts. You have the first scout, he's a poor scout. The second scout is a production scout. The third scout is the picker, the guy who picks on one thing, and the fourth scout is the is the projection scout. And I think where Watson gets confused a little bit here is a lot of people are picking on some things, me included, on his accuracy, and they don't use the projection for where he could be. Well, you know how I feel about the QB position. I've said it a million times. I think it's 80% charisma and intangibles and and guts and just being able to lead men. And we right. and we saw and, him do it, you know, and he and does he have it. athletic ability. And he did it. And I think you have to, and I say this all the time, you have to have your quarterback. It's like a baseball stadium. You design your team around his strengths. Yeah. So if you draft Watson, then, you you know, you don't have a bunch of, you know, right-handed hitters and, and, and have, a, have a deep field to the right side. You've got to design the team perfectly around it. And I think that's what you do. You've got to go all in with them. I think Shanahan made a comment. Uh, uh, about two weeks ago, where he said, "Whoever we get a quarterback is going to be the long-term solution," which tells me they must be thinking about this. Well, that leads us to our last guy we had talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, whose people are writing about all the time. Had a bunch of pieces, even on the Ringer. Roger Sherman, are yeah. we sure he's good? He's only thrown ninety-four passes. Very fair, yeah. very fair question to ask. You know, he he kind of had the two really impressive starts, and then got hurt and. It was almost like dropping the mic. You know, what if he had gotten annihilated in week four against Buffalo? Um, he we don't know. Get annihilated. Well, guys, I'm just saying, what if? At, what if he'd had a bad yeah, game? He's too good of a – like, I've watched this guy practice and play for too many practices. This guy's a good player. Yeah. And it, I'm not shilling for Belichick. I'm not, I'm not trying to get him more of a draft pick because – Look, I, I know this player. This player is really good. This player could, if he played in San Francisco or if he went to Houston, if Houston, now we were in the draft room and we thought Houston was going to pick him with their high pick in the second round. Instead, they picked that guard from UCLA. What a sigh of relief that was. But if Houston turns in Garoppolo's name <laughs> instead of the guard from UCLA, yeah. it's a whole different ball game. I'm telling you, you know, I mean, people could say, oh, don't. I'm telling you, he's worth, he's, he's worth, the Patriots to hold on to him. If I was in New England, I would be telling Belichick every day, there's no way we can trade him. I know you got Brady. But Brady's 40 years old. We don't know where that's going. There's no history that says Brady's going to be great. Just like there's no history that says Sean McVay at 31 is going to be the second coming of... I mean, do you realize Bill Belichick at 31 was coaching linebackers at at the Giants? I feel bad. Greg Popovich at 31 was... The 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 uh, assistant coach at Pomona Pitzer and Pete Carroll was the, the linebacker coach at North Carolina State and defense coordinator. I mean, what's the history behind it? That's the point about Brady. There's no history behind forty year old quarterbacks. Now you're bumming out Tate. Tate felt like he was doing really good. Tate's only twenty four. So thirty one yeah, seven Tate's years from a, now. Tate thought he was going to be a star in, in seven years. Now he now he's like now he's kicking himself. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, here's what I would say about Garoppolo, and I'm a gigantic homer. I was so impressed by how not only how he played in those games, but how his teammates responded, reacted, pulled for him. Everything they said on and off the field, everything they've said for the last five months, 
just seemed a hundred percent genuine to me. Like to a man, everyone around this guy thinks that he's a really good quarterback. And I don't know. I don't, I don't think you can fake that after a while. It's just, it's been too no, prevalent, too prevalent the last five the months. Pra- you walk off the practice field in New England and people are shaking their heads like, man, that guy's good. Ask yeah. any player who ask any player who leaves New England. You could just randomly call a guy. Pretend you work for Sports Illustrated. You want to do an interview. Call up Alan Branch and say, "I want to do an interview." Hey, by the way, Alan, what do you think, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? This is an Al Davis trick, too. By the right. way, that's what Al used to always do. <laughs> no, he He'd didn't. have somebody pretend. Uh, yeah, he did. He would always have somebody pretend they were working for uh, Sporting News, and they would call a prospect up, and then we'd grill him on the player. You know? Wow. Like, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about that? It's a great idea, right? Call up any Patriot guy. Pretend you're working for a USA Today. You want a scoop. You know, you're the new Rudy Martsky. You need a scoop. So then you, you, you ask him, what's Garoppolo? Oh, I'll tell you he's great. Yeah. I Listen, I think he's worth at least the 12th pick because yeah. there's there's a body of evidence. And if you do your homework, you'll know, like, you know, there there are real reasons why this guy should succeed. Now, you could put him on the wrong team with the wrong coach and no skill position players and no offensive line. And he's going to suck like anyone else would suck in that situation. But, you know, I think if he goes on the right team, the team that I think should trade for him is Houston. And I actually don't think Belichick, I think, I don't think he would trade him to Houston because I, I think he knows Garoppolo's good. I don't think he wants to put Jimmy in a situation where he could potentially beat the Patriots in a playoff game. You know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see him trading them to, to there. I, I, I mean, look, we, you know, it's it, you have to know. Donnie Walsh told told this story, and it's true. You can't trade a player unless you know exactly what he is. I think Bill knows exactly who Jimmy is, and I think that's why he wouldn't trade him to Houston. Right. He knew exactly who Matt Castle was, and that's why he let him go to Kansas City. Bledsoe's a better example. Right. He traded Bledsoe in his division. He's like, he's like, screw it. Go ahead. I'll right. play you twice a year. I'll be fine. And he, I, I and, uh, and he did it. I laugh. I laugh at these people that think, Rob, oh, you know, you no, no. Watch the, ask anybody, just ask anybody, do a random survey. Yeah. The guy's a really good player. And if you went to, if you went in the lunch hall, Tate came off the practice field one day and went into the lunch hall after practice, Garoppolo would be sitting with all the offensive linemen having lunch. Let's say Cleveland. Yeah, that's, they, that is true. The old lineman loved him. If Cleveland gives him the 12, how many times does Belichick go backwards with 12? Three? Well, see, I, yeah. See, this is what's important because it's the NBA trade deadline, and, it's the, and you're asking me about a trade. Trades only mean something when you can put a name of a player next to it. So let's hypothetically say the Browns offered the first pick overall. If that's Miles Jarrett, okay? Then you could put a name. Would you trade Garoppolo for Miles Jarrett? Well, 12, what would you trade them for? If you're saying 12 and move down, you're saying a bunch of players. You just don't know who those players are. That's where, you know, Jerry Welsh, Jerry West talks about it all the time. Draft picks are fool's gold. They have to turn into something. Yep. But Belichick has, could, Belichick has the best track record of anyone of parlaying one pick into five picks and then right. hitting, hitting a gold mine with a couple of them. Right, which is what you would have to – to me, Garoppolo isn't worth the 12th pick. He's worth a multitude of picks, yes. which would be take the 12th and move it down. Right. Because the player you pick at 12, I don't think is going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. That's my point. Well, one of the trades Belichick loves to do, and I haven't seen this one thrown out there, and I, when I wrote about this, I didn't put it, but like, he loves to do the your second rounder this year and your first next year. 
and we'll give you this and then we'll give you a third rounder next year, something like that. He loves to get that future first rounder. And I wonder if yeah. maybe that's how this San because Francisco thing called, plays out. That's called sustainable values versus situational values. Belichick makes every decision based on sustainable values. How am I going to look in the year 2017 and 18? Most teams in the NFL operate under situational values, which means what's the best thing we can do right now? Yeah. And that's where he takes advantage of the marketplace. He's one of the few traders in the market whose who's situational values and every who's sustainable values and everyone else is situational. That's what makes him so good. Last two questions and we have to go. Is Jimmy Garoppolo on the Patriots a month from now? Yes. Wow. Okay. Is he on the pa- Patriots three months from now? I think yes. So you're saying no Garoppolo trade? I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. Oh. I mean, I, and and I, I'm not saying this because I've talked to him about it. I just, I know the feeling of it. Okay. But I could be wrong. Wow. Surprised. All right. If he's not on yeah. the Patriots, what, what team do you think he would end up on? I think the team he would end up on would be San Francisco. Because I know for a fact that when I was in Cleveland for a little bit of time, and then I left and went to New England, Kyle Shanahan, whom we hired, came in. He loved Garoppolo. Loved him. All right. So I would think they have enough assets in San Francisco to make that work. But Because, look, let's face it. If you're Kyle Shanahan, you got six years at at huge money, and there's, by the way, there's no offset clause in your contract, which is significant in the NFL, which means if Kyle Shanahan gets fired in year two, he gets all his money and can double dip, which is unheard of in the NFL. (laughs) Right. That you you Mazel you you might as well use sustainable values and go for the long play. All right, Mike Lombardi, your free agency column is going up on the Ringer dot com later this week, and we have a whole bunch of other fun stuff planned for you over the next couple of weeks. I look forward I'm to looking it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, talk to you soon. Thanks, Bill. Bye, Tate. All right, that's it for this uh, special edition of the Ringer NFL Show. Thanks to Kevin Clark, Danny Kelly, and Robert Mays for letting me sneak onto their feed. Subscribe to The Ringer NFL Show on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Stitcher. What other places can you can you download? Can you subscribe? Google. Oh, oh yeah, Google Play. And whatever other devices are coming out that have podcast subscriptions, subscribe to all those. And also, rate the podcast. Take two minutes to rate the podcast for us. Tell us you like it. That's it. Check out the Bill Simmons Podcast. I have two more podcasts coming up this week and don't forget about to check out the ringer.com especially for my column on Friday which will 100% chance that it's about the NBA trade deadline and don't forget to check out SeatGeek and the free SeatGeek app you can download that too thanks for listening talk to you soon 